the most successful people that I've sat down with, who I've interviewed, they haven't recreated the wheel. They've kept stuff simple. They've been boring. They've been consistent. And today we're going to talk about how this boring person right here in front of me manages their money and any tips that they've got from their 20 odd years of being a functioning adult. You're listening to My Millennial Daily. It's Glenn James here, and I'm talking with Nick Bradley, the host of our podcast, My Millennial Investor. Nick Bradley, host of the My Millennial Investor podcast. You can also listen to it right here on Spotify. We'll put a link in the show notes. Hey, you've just knocked down 40's door. I'm approaching 41 here in a couple months. Look out. You're in the money world. Like you host our investor podcast. I've seen your YouTube algorithm. I've seen your Twitter algorithm. You know, we're in the same circles online with tweets and all that stuff. Yeah. You're deep in the money world. Uh, you're successful financially in your own right. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Yeah, well, you know, haven't finished yet. Uh, <laughs> however, no, I kid everyone. But I just wanted to chat with you because I love gleaning from other people. And, you know, you might be new to the My Millennial world and the My Millennial money world. We're a personal finance podcast brand to start with, and then we've done like the property offshoot, the career offshoots, and the investor offshoot, which you host, Nick. In your time, like, can you give us a couple of tips of what you've learned about managing money or quote-unquote personal finance? And we will do an episode after this about maybe three tips from your experience as an investor. But today, I want to talk about personal finance, or have you made some big mistakes that you've learned from and never done them again. Everybody's made big mistakes, right? Yeah, when I think like personal finance, a, a large part of my story around personal finance is getting rid of debt. So like I met my wife at a private college in Chicago and you know, I I played college football so I had a scholarship but she didn't and when when we got married and I saw the bill for her student loans, I was just like, how what mountain do we need to climb just to like tackle this? So the first like five years of our marriage was just solely focused on eliminating debt. You know, we're we're doing debt snowball stuff. I was still investing ten percent. Like I've always had a big part of uh, my my ideals would be invest at least ten percent of your salary. Like pay yourself first, put ten percent out there, and then really try to limit my lifestyle and attack that debt. So I've just learned like mortgage debt. I think I'm I'm okay with. You know, when you well, you got to live somewhere. Yeah. And if you're ever given the opportunity where you can actually be in an environment where you can afford a house and you know that you're going to be happy in that house and you can do the mortgage, I'm not anti-mortgage debt, but everything else, like there's so many other ways to do university that don't require debt. Like if you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking about getting into debt for university, make it as small as possible. Go to community college, start small and work your way into it. Yeah. And I will say like this whole debt thing, particularly here in the States, the college debt is a huge deal where... You know, in a Western society, or and particularly capitalist society, debt is thick and fast. And, you know, I was talking with someone just last night here in the States, and she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. And she said, oh, Glenn, I remember you said to me, like, as long as I keep out of consumer debt, I've got as many options as anyone, yeah. you know, in my 20s. So debt is a big thing. I know the college thing isn't as big in Australia, you know, you got to watch out the car thing. You got to watch sure. out locking in those seven-year car loans. Yeah, and for us, it was the student loan. But then that mentality then led into like we've never owned a new car. Like mm. I read The Millionaire Next Door at an early, you know, probably when I was nineteen years old, and it's such a good book for personal finance. And the one thing I took away is millionaires. The average millionaire is driving a three-year-old car. Mm. It's a 
good, solid brand. It's fairly low miles. And you don't need like, oh man, car leases. Like the, the car lease, the fact that you're trying to keep up with your neighbor. I was looking at something earlier, like a $48,000 Tesla. You know, right? you're trying to save the world. You're trying to look fashionable. Let's be honest. You want that, that cachet that comes with the Tesla. $48,000 off the lot. In three years, it's going to be worth $24,000. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much half. That is a bad choice of money. Mm. When you could take that money, buy a $24,000 car, invest the rest, then you're setting yourself up way more successful. So if we pivot into your second point, could we tack on the whole don't buy brand new cars? No, certainly, yeah. yeah. I'm a, well, it's 2023. My cars are all approaching seven years old now. Yeah. And, you know, hey. You, do you want to look rich? Do you want to look financially independent? Or do you want to be financially independent? Because most rich people don't look rich. Here's something that I've never said before on a podcast and openly talked about it. But because technology has made some really great leaps with the car stuff, I reckon a seven-year-old car now is still good quality in terms of technology, the style, they hold their style and shape a lot longer. I reckon you can get more, I don't know, vibe out of your car these days than 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, like things are seemingly going way faster. The car that I had before this one had a tape cassette player in it. I'm not sure if the audience knows what a tape cassette is, but it had one in there. Mm. Any other tips that you've learned? Yeah, I just think something to really think about is just control what you can, right? So we've got right now inflation's a big story, rising interest rates, you know, currency, like is... Is the dollar doing well? Is the Australian note doing well? Market volatility, is the recession ever going to happen? You can't control those things. Those things sell news ads. Those things make you turn on CNN or whatever. But you need to control what you can. Do you have an opportunity to increase your income? Work as hard as you can to increase your income. At the same time, decrease your expenses. Where in your area can you cut expenses and then invest the difference? Mm. If you don't have consumer debt... Increase your income, decrease your expenses, invest the rest. You will be successful long-term. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Radio, we're back. We're joined by Nick Bradley. He's the host of the My Millennial Investor podcast. You can find it here on Spotify. We'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in money stuff, investing. Nick, what's the My Millennial Investor podcast all about? The Investor podcast is, I'm a nerd. I search the world. I am always interested in investing things. I'm always trying to find new income streams, whether they're passive or slightly passive income, and just different ways of helping build wealth. Mm. So I search all those streams and then I try to deliver those interesting stories to you. Awesome. Any final points about lessons from a personal finance point of view? Yeah. As kind of one thing that I've really been looking at, you know, I live in a suburb outside of one of the top largest 15 cities in America and 
lifestyle creep is no joke. Mm. You know, at the age of 40, a lot of my friends have climbed the ladder of success in their companies. And as that success comes, or like, you know, more responsibility, they're gaining more money. And it doesn't seem like they have any more, they just have more stuff. So, like, they seem to be worried about their finances. And they're like, oh, I don't know about this, or I don't know about this. And I'm just thinking, are you kidding me? Like, I work in the nonprofit world. I know you make quite a bit more than me. How is it possible that you don't have this type of savings account or emergency fund and its lifestyle creep has come in? So as much as you can, as you are growing in your career, try to keep your lifestyle the same. And as I said, my last point was just invest the rest and it gives you so much peace of mind. There's no Air Jordans or Tesla or a bigger house that's going to make you feel better than financial security actually will do for you. As a lot of you know, um, I'm in my late 30s and a lot of my friends are in their 40s now, early 40s or ticking over. I was actually thinking the other day, a whole heap of my close friends, and you're probably the only, I guess I could call you a close friend, but of, you know, I've probably got a group message of eight close friends, right? Maybe you and one other are the only ones who are really possibly set up financially and I'm thinking about having an intervention like <laughs> hey dudes you're 40 what yeah. the heck are you doing was that the text thread the bogan boys yeah that that's you the one the other day? Yeah. yeah like if you are 40 years old you've got 25 years of good good income working life I know everyone's got a different journey but hey like and we'll talk about it next episode about yeah. investing but we've got to really pay attention you're starting late but it's not too late like if you're 40, I actually did an episode recently, the things you need to do before you're 40, financial platform that you need to do before you're 40, maybe just text that to your the Bogan Boys group thread. I might like, do that. Hey guys, thought of you. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, you can hear Nick uh, on My Millennial Investor, but thanks for sharing your wisdom today. I've got a final bonus point oh, for the whole personal finance stuff. Automate as much as possible. Yeah. A lot of you use the Glenn James spending plan, Cash Hub, spending account with a different banking institution. So everything is automated. I get paid from my job, which, you know, I own the company, but every Friday I get paid into my Cash Hub. And then a small stipend goes out of that Cash Hub into another bank account, which is on my phone to pay with every week for food, fuel, entertainment going out. Everything is automated. You've got to remove you from the process. That's my bonus point. Nick Bradley, My Millennial Investor. Thanks for hanging out on My Millennial Daily. We'll do another episode this week about investing. Bye-bye. My Millennial Daily is produced by My Millennial Money, also available on Spotify. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.